Yes! I am invincible! Now she's again next week for another three points. Get in there! <laughs> Some lawyer. <laughs>
Tifties without Anto and mm-hmm. obviously his mother wouldn't be any Tifties either, you could say. So and, and a knock-on effect without that, I, I wouldn't have been following Norris. There you go, yeah. So the circle continues. Yeah. So um, yeah, so rest in peace to all who pass, and even and another one as well. Unfortunately, Rob Lavelle's granddad Podrick. So all good Hoopers, all uh, losing loved ones. So rest in peace and our condolences to all the family. Even one is too many, but it seemed like the Hoops family really got hit pretty hard in the last few weeks. So it really did, and even before that as well. Yeah, like to young Alex and Anto and any anyone else, big deck, you know. And we nearly lost Dan Fulham as well. <laughs> yeah, due Dan. to a, a nasty illness, but thankfully he pulled through. Apparently they got onto his mom and they were like, uh, "Can we ask you why your son didn't pass? Because he should have. He should have passed." Like he, the doctors are baffled. Yeah. I knew he was a bit strange, but this is this is a new one. So uh, hopefully Dan gets much better soon. Uh, so we move on anyway, and we drew nil all at home to Pats, and just one change from the previous match in Donegal. Borky in for Williams. Um, I'm not gonna go too in depth into this. The three games, too much to get through, but uh, we're champs. That's all that matters. Invincibles, champs, Republic of Rovers. Uh, the whole lot, the whole shebang, as they say in rural Ireland. But we are flying here and McAniff getting called up, Borky getting called up, Jacko getting called up, Agent Jacko giving the short pass to Hendrick. So Absolute he, genius, that he's, he's a genius. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the Pats Guard of Honor, poor Bermo had to do it. And uh, anyone not clap, Prof? Anyone hands down by the side, anything like that? Well, there was something of note, the Shells game, we'll get to that later. Oh. But uh, beforehand, the club had made an appeal. To uh, for fans not to congregate outside, which was heated. We did. We were good boys. Yep. Nothing. Nothing I know of happened anyway. But uh, the club did note that we'll party big time when it's safe to do so. And that's the thing. I think I'm in. I'm in that boat as well. And that it took a lot for for us to kind of take those instructions and and obey them because it's 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 extremely hard to to not want to celebrate winning the league. And we were only commenting on how we did celebrate. Where it's like a virtual chat room. Everybody's sitting around just texting into a WhatsApp group and mm. pictures of you drinking and having a laugh, stupid videos. It's just, it's a really, really disappointing way to celebrate the league, I have to say. Yeah. That's like the new night in now. It, it, it is. You jump on the WhatsApp group, you have cans of Guinness. That's it. But cans it of G and the WhatsApp yeah. group. Love the uh, the big 18 banner above the tunnel. Very, very classy. Yeah, I like that. And the drone footage was just outrageous. Did you see this? Who's on the drone? Who's our drone operator? I don't really know. Is it George? Um, ask Mark who's behind this, but... Uh, unbelievable footage. Yeah, very cool, I have to say. So the performance itself, Gar. Performance, um... This, this was a flat one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And you, I don't... League winning champs always get this. League winning invincible champs. They always kind of have a little bit of a flat performance after they win the league when they have a couple of games left over, which is totally understandable. I mean, it could have been... It could have been anything, but uh, we well, joke. What Brazzer put it down to was he said it's the second game that it catches up to you because I remember we had that month off and then we had harps, so he said you can get through that on adrenaline, but in the second game it catches up to yeah, you. So the legs are a little bit tired then, yeah. The legs did seem to be gone. Pats had some really good spells in the game. At the end of the first half, they kind of took over. Second half, and then as you're about to say, the the, the red card. The red card came in for Joey, and I think in the. I think it's kind of sums Pat's season up when the highlight of the the whole season for them would have been to kill off the record, the invincible record. That is what they would have been celebrating. So it just shows you how far they've come under Stephen O'Donnell, you know. Well, this was a 20 minutes ago. 
Joey got he got got the second yellow, and uh, from there we we did have to dig in to keep this record intact. And you could you could tell that the players were determined to do just that. That's just I mean that was that was a big thing as well yeah. for for them I think as like it mattered like first time in nearly hundred years am I right ninety three ninety three yeah. years so that's what you're looking at yeah. and it's a I mean, everybody wants to be part of an invincible team so we need a big Al to pull off a couple of big saves here uh, I love the one where he literally didn't move he just put his chest out and that's all that was required it was their best chance of the game it's a big chest yeah Gibson was about 8 yards from goal and Manus just he just existed just like yeah. I think Manus screamed at him <laughs> he's like what are you doing he just shot his bags yeah. right, I'm not going to score this one and having said that we could have won it ourselves Greener was true on goal a couple of times uh, the one time he did stick it in the back of the net it was reeled offside uh, he, and he was on in fact he was on, yeah. he was onside for that one but the scorers have finished and we had the players as well and the, the final whistle came and singing build me up buttercup this, this never gets old this never gets old you, uh, you can never cool. stop watching the players sing build me up because it's just their anthem isn't it their unofficial anthem of the club yeah this was great to watch uh, just it was just great to watch the joy in the players faces I was just looking at each one I was kind of like you know McAniff and Grace and Pico winning their first league titles then you get Bolger and, and Finner who have won three or four but it's still it's a big deal to them as well mm. Finner come back as captain Joey O'Brien Manus. it's justified the move hasn't it yeah it's justified the move and he spoke mm. about wanting to build something and have a dynasty back here at Rovers and that's why he was sold but you could say he was sold by mm. the manager when he came back and look he's after doing it he's after yeah. totally complete, completing it completing right. me Craig Bolger went full John Terry. Yeah, I said to him afterwards, <laughs> I was like, "Like Greg, Roy Gaffney is still in his jeans there." <laughs> he was like, "Don't be putting this in the podcast." Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but it is going on. But uh, going in, I was a bit worried that it might feel a bit anticlimactic. Not just because the obvious reason, no fans, but just the way it panned out and the way we won the league, and then the champagne was put on ice. But uh, it was it was still a bit of an event. Yeah, I mean, you were you were behind the scenes and where they well, had just a couple of beers and a bit of a sing song. Well, that was the aftermath. Yeah, I got to that, but just sort of the celebrations itself. Like it was, it was live in RTE. It was it was it was like it was a lot of fun, and uh, you can see the players have worked so hard for this mm. to finally get their hands on that trophy. The staff were giving the socks. Obviously, Brazzer and Cronin and McPhail and, and Mal and all getting in the photos. Brazzer actually gestured up to the stand to get everyone to huddle together to get in the background of the photo for the, the players now. And uh, Ronald Finn, I don't know if he said this not on TV or if he said this to somebody, but quote of the night, he said, there won't be an asterisk on the medal. Oh, certainly won't. Yeah, certainly won't. And uh, so we had plenty of photos taken. We had R.I.P. Big Deck and R.I.P. Alex flags. A uh, few faces there that hadn't been there since the restart. You know, like Mick McCarthy was there in his leprechaun outfit. Yeah, as we say that. Yeah, <laughs> he, he bound Lewis. to be talking to a camera or a microphone at some stage, didn't we? Oh, he was. He was interviewed now. Uh, 
Yeah, obviously a lot of selfies and a lot of photos taken with Bradzer and the trophy. I uh, got one myself, thankfully. And um, yeah, the aftermath you mentioned, that was like the players. It was pretty cool. The players were upstairs, all gathered in a circle. It just seemed like there was a nice bond there, as I as I said to Joey in the interview. Al got the guitar out in the end. Wonderwall, that's his go-to song. That's the one, that was the yeah. one to go to, was it? Yeah. I won't make any jokes. <laughs> yeah, so that's, so that's, that's it. That's and annoying. realistically, what we should have been doing, we should have been invading the pitch. We should have been steaming into the eighteen ninety nine after it, milling the points, singing songs, the whole lot. You know, it's it was it was no Carlisle ground. It was no UCD ball. We should be looking forward to a Player yeah. of the Year awards as well. Now I know we haven't been doing that recently of you late, but I'm sure we would have organised something. You know, a big do. It's just uh, it's just unfortunate. It's just nothing we can do. So, uh, yeah, our second of the three games in the space of six days, we beat 2-0 and Tella on the following Saturday. Four changes from Pats, we Lopez, Lafferty, Bourne and Williams replaced O'Brien, Kevin and Marshall and Green. It just shows you the strength and depth that we do have. And um, this game went under the radar totally, didn't it? Yeah, this is very low-key. Like, Saturday afternoon... I think an hour before kickoff, no one in our chat had even mentioned the game. Yeah, that's just strange. But uh, I'm sad that the standards didn't drop. Like this, this was a pretty good performance. We Graham Bork as well coming in. I mean, even chance wise, with the free kick from Graham Bork, um, absolutely superb free kick. Keep a route to the spot, bent around the wall and put yeah. into the top corner. So yeah, this was sublime. Bent around the wall. Um, he had hit the post in the first half, Graham, from outside the box. And then, funny enough, he blocked the rebound from Jack Byrne. He couldn't get out of the way of in time. So he could have had the lead in the first half. And then the clincher from Greenerger. Yeah, Green, and this was excellent. Who got the assist for this one? Because it was a brilliant finish. It was McAniff set him up. McAniff set him up. Yeah, but still a lot to do, though. Yes, he, he had to get into position. He, had to, he could have put power into that, but he decided to place it into the bottom corner. They're the kind of chances we were we've been kind of urging him to stick away, isn't it? Like yeah. those one on ones. One on ones, te- not not technically the easiest chance in the world because he's still got a bit of pressure under him. He's over a bit mm. to the left hand side. He's not central, but he he did the, he did his best. But it. it was a fantastic finish. This was a great finish, buried in the far corner. And um, yeah, I did a post match interview with Berkey and, and Alan Manis. I think I think Manis was surprised <laughs> I asked for him because I think I don't think I've ever chatted to him. Uh, post match, but uh, he was not be his candidate because like, did he have any sort of joy in his face, or he still have the thousand yards there? Yeah, he had the thousand. Well, he was happy because we won the league and all that. But uh, Berkey corrected me because I had forgotten that he scored a near identical free kick against Cork. Did you see he went up on Twitter side by side? Was it nearly identical? Free? Oh, like really? A, like an instant? I didn't replay. see that on Twitter actually. Like an instant replay. I love those ones. Yeah. Someone made a gif as well of, of Berkey laughing in that interview. I don't know if you saw that. No, no, no. I think it was when Manus made fun of him for saying, well, you've heard Berkey describe it as a, a, a great free kick there. Berkey just breaks his shit laughing. I loved Al talking about playing the guitar. He just like, he answers it like a footballer. <laughs> it's like, like, I need to improve... Like, it's like you were talking about keeping clean sheets. Good performance. Uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the 90 minutes, you know, could have played for a little bit longer. Yeah. Disappointed in my performance. <laughs> and most importantly, Gary, he confirmed that he's not retiring. Oh, man. 
this I'm, I'm always talking about this and I'm always saying how terrified I am of this actually happening and it will happen eventually but if we hold on to him for next season gives us a full season to try and recruit someone else and um, it is a terrifying thought to not have Alan Manis in the team I see some lads talking about like having an understudy and number two but how often does that actually work? How often is he actually promoted and put into the team and mm. flourishes I think I think we need to target someone Target someone no. outside the club. You have to actually replace him in one swoop with yeah. an experienced keeper. A foul swoop. Yeah, what about Brian Murphy? Can we even talk? No, he's staying on. Let's not even talk about it. Mm. We've another season with him. Yeah. Yeah, so that was the post-match interviews with Borky and Manis. And then, of course, the hotbed of talent has produced. Another wonder kid who's grown in to the masterclass of defending and it's Joey O'Brien and the prof caught up with him. We're here with Joey O'Brien making his third appearance on Tales from the East End. Hat-trick ball on its way, Joey. Well, I suppose let's go back to last week, the celebrations uh, after Derry. The champagne was put on ice a couple of times. How good was it to finally have that moment? Ah, listen, it was, uh, it was a fantastic night, you know. Obviously, you need to be on the pitch, I think, to, to cap it off, really, and that's, that's what happened, you know. And then, obviously, to get the trophy, uh, Going into the game, obviously we knew we were going to get it, so uh, it was a tough game. I suppose to play in, you know, knowing that you didn't want to disappoint, you didn't want to obviously lose the game. And how the game went, obviously myself, even getting sent off, um, it was important not to lose the game and keep the unbeaten record going, you know. And then obviously afterwards to get the trophy and on the pitch where everyone involved, the club, very difficult obviously with no fans. Um, but obviously with it being on the box, and I'm sure everyone was watching it uh, from home and stuff like that. And then obviously afterwards, then we had a few drinks and enjoyed ourselves, you know. It's fantastic to see the joy on the players' faces. Some players winning the league for the first time. That management staff who worked so hard, it was great to see. Ah, hundred percent. Stuff like that, like it takes a long time, you know, to build, like you know. And uh, I think when you're in, when you're in on the inside, you actually see it all, like you know. And I've been part of it now. This one we went towards season was obviously getting built before I came in, you know. But there's never mind just this team. It takes. Even in the background with people like Jonathan and Noel and stuff like that, you know, them sort of people are here a long, long time, you know, and the decisions that they had to make during that period to bring the club back to um, success over the last couple of seasons, you know, it's uh, it's for people like that, you know, and then obviously the fans on top of that. But for us as a group of players, you know, yeah, Brown as well, like, you know, players have come and gone and um, some real, real talented players came into the group and um, helped us. And obviously last year, then winning the cup was a, was a big massive thing I think straight after the game a lot of the players said that like uh, how important it would be and a lot of the focus straight away to to win the league you know this season and that was the objective from day one so it's been a really long strange season but um, the goal never changed it was about winning the league and um, that's what we achieved you know as you say it was a strange season but you had to pick out maybe a couple of key moments before and after the shutdown like what game would you pick out yeah like <laughs> Obviously, I suppose the Bowes game here, uh, the Dundalk game here, winning the 3 it was just an unbelievable game, really, I think, you know, and to come on the right side of that uh, was obviously a great highlight of the season, I suppose, with the goals from both teams. Um, obviously, in the, the performance levels was really high. Um, so that was one game. I think Bowes going back to the very first game of the season. Like, I mean, over there in Daily Mount, on the pitch, how it was, the day, how it was, everything. To go and get that last minute winner in the, team, in the game, we were the better team, I felt. We had the most chances. But look like it was going to get the draw. They get that like, huge, huge confidence uh, boost that going in, back into the dressing room, you know, and then to bring it on down for the next few weeks, sort of thing. And uh, that was great. And then obviously with the 
worked really hard in the during the break. I think again stuff that um, people from the outside don't really see, you know, like but uh, the lads with Darren obviously as the fitness coach doing loads of work, individual work, individual programs to make sure that when we came back we were ready to go, you know. And uh, listen, it was pretty, we kept on going from where where we started left off, and uh, obviously haven't been haven't been beaten yet going into the last game. A lot of teams have been very inconsistent since they came back. They've been up and down. We seem to just pick up where we left off. You say we've been consistent, and by the time people hear this, the season will be over. Hopefully, we have finished the season unbeaten. Yeah, it was real, just a real hunger in the group, you know. And in training, it's really, really competitive. Like you know, I think, um, and for me, it's one of the key key elements that you need to have a successful team is the standards in training. You know, it needs to be really of competitive, high level uh, demands of each other. Um, that competitiveness in training obviously against your home players you know you really need to have that bite in training um, and that's something that I think Jordan that after we came back out the lockdown we were out driving the train together was really there from the get go uh, in house games in small side games possession tactical work really at a high standard and all that coming in and listen we obviously knew as well there was going to be no fans so there's games where it's really difficult to get yourself going get a tempo going over game so you really have to have them demands that you set in training to bring us straight on to a, bring us straight into the match day uh, scenario and those times during the games after the uh, restart obviously it was a little bit slow it was new to obviously the players um, but again I think the standards didn't really drop on it I think from the lockdown like I mean I'm not too sure how many goals you conceded how many goals you scored but I mean it's obviously going to be big big numbers you know and I think that shows it all really when there's no fans on the ground, it's really noticeable the way you guys talk to each other yourself, Pico, Lee Grace, Alan Manis, the way you're driving each other on, that hunger. Has that really sort of elevated, especially this year? Yeah, I also think just like from players from the back, like um, it's something that, as, especially as defenders, it's something that you should have in the game. Like, you know, it's, uh, you, you're seeing the whole game, it's in front of you, you're able to see players on the pitch in front of you, where to go, if you're able to tell them to go or set off a trap or put a bit of pressure on it and it comes from a voice from the back it's easier obviously to see it all you're seeing the game like as it happens um, but that intensity I suppose and um, that a lot of the players have you know when you see it with Greeno when he, from the top end of the pitch when he goes to press it's with real hunger to get the ball back it's not just doing it just because the manager wants him to do it you know he sees it as an opportunity to create a chance for us to score you know and that's, that's what we see as like when you're on the pitch and you're playing with high tempo and high pressure to close down it's, you're hoping to get a chance out with the score and uh, this year it's worked for us you know but yeah look at it there's, there was great hunger in the, in the group um, to win to win a league as you said a lot of players doing it for the first time um, and myself included like you know I wanted to win something for Shamrock Rovers and uh, that was a massive team through the club um, through the team and look at fortunately we were being able to do that you got on the score sheet in uh, Donegal it's been pretty good how the goals have been very spread out amongst the squad, defenders, midfielders, attackers this season. Oh yeah, definitely. Look, I think it's, uh, I think how we play and um, the style of players that we have and stuff like that. Like the attacking players, we're going to create so many chances in each game, you know. But uh, it's always nice. Look, it's the best thing in the game, you know, is to score a goal and get on the score sheet yourself. Like so, it's um, a really nice thing. And within that, I think there's been goals, important goals, especially Pico, um, scored some real important goals. Um, during the year you know as defenders and sometimes you might need to chip in up there in Finn Harps even like to break the deadlock and get one you know it's just it's a difficult game and then to be one up it makes that game a little bit easier to manage you know but going back to Ilves it seems like a lifetime ago now but it was an absolutely crazy night you scored two penalties and the clincher 
just an amazing night. Yeah, yeah, listen, just again, one of them nights you'll never, you'll never forget in football, you know, like the occasion of it, the whole thing. Obviously, such a strange night, European, like the last season, you look at the European nights here, it was fantastic nights we had here against Brann and uh, Applewell, uh, Limassol, and um, you know, it was <laughs> like that night, obviously, you're coming into a European game, obviously, there's no fans, really strange, and then how the game went, real bizarre. Um, real bizarre game. I had everything really, you know. Um, I suppose they started obviously the better team. Um, and going into the game, I think people from the outside probably thought, oh, the way we are playing in the league, oh, it was going to be like a handy game for us. And you, you, but we'd seen them in the video and we realised it was really going to be a really tough game. I think I spoke to yourself about it, saying that these are going to be really tough opponents, you know. And uh, we felt that in the game. They obviously definitely started better and scored. And um, Listen, it was a shocking decision. I think again the penalty against me, but from that then we re re we really reacted, and I think that for me was a massive thing on that night. We reacted straight away and took on the game. Said, listen, we need to get going. Book has got a great goal, then hit the crossbar with another chance, you know. And the game was sort of one-one in the balance. They scored, I suppose, the second half really out of nothing. Pico then popped up with a huge goal to make it two-two. Then Liam getting sent off, and we are pretty much hanging on for penalties. Really, I suppose you could say through through extra time, like and. Uh, Again, got the penalties, and it's one of them things um, from the cup final. I suppose we probably had a little bit of confidence in the group um, that the last last big um, penalty we played in, we won. So uh, you're thinking, you know, a few of the lads obviously were the same sort of players that were going to take it, but you're never thinking it's going to go how it went. And I mean, listen, then it was just, I think I said it like, I obviously scored my own, and that bit of relief, which I think you always get. It's obviously. I think taking a penalty out, it's more relief than that, you know, that it goes in, it's, it's over to someone else then, and um, you obviously don't want to be that person to miss, like, but as it's going back around and getting to the high numbers, I think, jeez, I might have to go again here, you know, and I suppose it adds even more pressure um, the second time around, but listen, luckily enough, um, it, fell, it, fell, it fell to me, to, um, I, could have had an I had the opportunity to, to score the winner, and listen, luckily I went into the back of the net, and uh, we got a great game out of it as well for the club. Isn't the situation with no fans and just to get through the round? I think with the the money that was the club got, you know, it was just it was great. It was a great night, like you know. Fans on the wall helped that night, didn't they? Ah, brilliant! Listen, it was fantastic again. Not a part of you going down there. The videos, I'll, I'm sure all the lads still have it. We have it in the in our WhatsApp group, you know, all of of that night. And uh, oh yeah, it was just a bizarre night, you know, a crazy night. Obviously, mixed feelings then drawing AC Milan because and another year we would have packed out had a, uh, but as an experience in the game, like what do you think of it, especially the rematch between you and Zlatan? Yeah, I mean, listen, now he's won one, isn't he? Like so, <laughs> um, going into it. But look, I thought we played really well on the night, and uh, that was that was one of the things we spoke about. Obviously, again, um, with no fans and drawing them, you know, and obviously they went nearly full strength, I suppose. Um, players that he had, I know they were missing a couple, but I think with Marjorie injury and stuff. Um, so they went nearly full strength, but I thought we played on the night really well. Like uh, in the in the played some good stuff and um, created some chances. And the keeper made probably two or three really top class saves. You know that on another night against a different goalkeeper, you probably would have scored. You know, and um, but they had a qual real quality. Like you know, and I suppose towards the end that quality told. Like you know, and uh, they played some really good stuff. Like you know, and I think listen from that game, you you seen the results. Like how they've gone in the league, and then obviously how they've gone in the in the group stages, you know, they look they look in good felt like and they're probably looking towards winning the um Serie A, you know, this season like so. 
they were, they were obviously really top class team. Brad's there, I think Pico as well was talking about how you've you actually you've picked up a couple of things from that game, Milan. The way you know, obviously the high quality they have and the little things to do with their movement. So, what sort of stuff did you learn? Yeah, I mean, look, I just it was just for me like this, the thing that just comes easy is just how comfortable every one of them are on the ball you know and I think that's the real standout factor for me like you know I suppose at certain times it's, uh, it's them two things I think obviously is the how comfortable how technically gifted all the players are you know it's not just maybe one or two yet the one or two are a step ahead again but all of them are so comfortable on the ball that when you think you have, you might have an hour or you might be able to get a, a press on or to pick up a ball they're able to manipulate the football so well and be so comfortable that they just calm and they just they just play themselves out of trouble, you know. And obviously, then the other side of that is, I think the two goals that we actually, uh, the two goals we conceded, were probably mistakes from us. And again, that's the other side of it. When you're playing that top top class teams, you know, you just don't get away with it. You know, if you make a mistake, um, yeah, nearly most of the time you're going to be punished, you know. And I think we realised that that night, um, probably two and mistakes. I'm saying there as well, probably half. Maybe you know, like wasn't full on howlers, maybe just like a half chance. Yeah, coughing up, but that's all clinical, you know. And so with that quality, it's bang bang, and it's in the back of the net, you know. And um, it takes the game away from you then. Chris Latan was saying some mad stuff off the off the ball, uh, talking about himself in the third person. Yeah, yeah, talking about himself in the third person. All right, yeah, and he offered me a job cutting his grass as well. <laughs> so I asked him to make sure it was in one of the hot countries where he has a gaff, you know. Um, so you never know. I might get a phone call off him uh, at the end of the season when he packs it in, and we get myself over to LA or something like that. If he has a gaff out there, and I'll be cutting his grass. So 2020 is still obviously a, we've got a cup to retain, but how do you look back in this season? I mean, it was reduced to 18 games. We've won a league title. No fans. It's, it's quite strange. How do you sum it up, basically? Yeah, listen, it's been a crazy year, but it's, again, it's a goal that was set out, we achieved, you know, and that's that's. That's the biggest thing for me, you know, when it's all said and done, we're not going to look back and think um, it's going to be 2020 champion Shamrock Rovers, you know, and it's going to be number 18 next to it, like sort of thing. And that's that's the most important thing because that was the goal at the very start, as I said, the goal after we beat them Dock last year in the Pens was the, uh, to go and win the league. I mean, whether it was going to be however many games, you know, it was about win the league and we've done that, so it's on to the next one now and the next one is the Cup. You know, we obviously we we have a team that we want to go unbeaten, which would would be fantastic as well. And um, so obviously one more game to do that, and then looking towards the cup. And I mean, the aim is to to go and win the cup again. You know, and to do the double. Like I mean, this football club makes no there's no one at the football club makes it's not like people aren't really talking about it or whatever. Like that it's, it's, you tell her how it is because that's the pressure of playing at this football club. And, Players accept it and the staff accept it, and that's what I think is great about the football club at the minute. You know, people realise it's not coming in, you're talking about geez, oh, yeah, you don't want to mention winning or not like that. It is, like, that's the name of the game. You play for this football club, you need to win stuff, you know, whether it's leagues and cups, that's it. Like, you know, that's the standard that's been set over the history of the football club, and uh, that's the aim for us this year is to do the double. It does seem like a special group of players just watching you kind of celebrate privately after the game, you're, you're in a circle. Seems to be a really good bond between his uh, big Al. Even got the guitar out, so it was a good sing song. Yeah, brilliant. Made the night, obviously, Al, and then obviously with the guitar, bit of the tunes in the background, you know. That, uh, ah, it's brilliant. Listen, I think um, it was again a strange night, you know, but uh, we're obviously going back and having a few drinks and whatnot, but in a way, it was 
it was a great way as well just to be just to have the staff and the players you know and um, obviously that moments you love uh, sharing them with your family and friends and stuff like that but with, in the circumstances how it felt they couldn't be here but um, for that intimacy of just the players that have been through the whole journey and the staff over the last however many couple of years and uh, whatnot, it was just lovely to have that moment afterwards and you're chatting to each other whereas probably your family and friends are involved you probably wouldn't get to spend that much time with the players in that in that in the at that moment sort of thing so uh yeah it was a real nice moment you know to celebrate and kick on but for me a huge thing there was that standard there today Do you know that's that says a lot for me for the for the team like to to play the tour game in the the tour game in six days and you go back to finn half on that pitch up there and then on, on late sunday night and then coming with the emotion and the pats game and then celebrating till the early hours and then being able to go out there and the lads putting on a performance at that level where it's like you know it's a real high high standard I felt and we should have probably won out a couple more you know to be able to do that with that and not to take it off take the foot off the, the gas to say oh yeah we've done it now lads just relax you know it's not it wasn't that and you can see that there today players are coming in they want to play they want to win they want to keep the run going they're looking towards the cup making sure they're in the manager's plans for the cup game and stuff like that and that's what that's what keeps it on rolling you know you need to have that and desire on that group of players and, in, and as a squad when you get a chance to take it and I felt lads done that there today you know and um, my last question speaking of footballers and guitars I didn't realise this until I heard you speaking on the Graham Cummins podcast you were actually there the night of the Andy Reid guitar fiasco so I want Joey O'Brien's official uh, recant of this ah oh, listen long long time ago can't remember <laughs> Is that all I'm getting? Oh, listen, it was a uh, few too many drinks, I suppose, but there's uh, lads still out there walking and playing, I suppose, so I wouldn't want to start talking too much out of line about <laughs> certain things that were said. All right, thanks, Joe. All right, cheers, man. So that, once again, Joey, like, it's one of those fellas you want to have a, have a point with. You could sit at the bar and he'd know everything. He'd know all sorts. <laughs> like, you'd be talking about quantum physics and he'd be able to throw a fucking equation at you. So... That's that's what you're talking about with Joey. Future career in gardening in LA apparently as well. Yeah, there you go, out in the sunshine. Yeah. Uh, oh, I loved. I I had I'd heard that already. Uh, but I don't think anyone. Had, I don't think Joey had said it publicly until then. But and he wouldn't give me the Andy Reid story here. What was the Andy Reid story? Was there? Was, the way Andy Reid was, was never there. He was never picked by Trapattoni pretty much. After. Oh, the the thing song was he there? Yeah, was Joey. There Joey that? was there for that. We'll get it off here. If you yeah. share these in to me, you'll probably tell us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fittingly, uh, as we said, that interview was done in the dugout because that I think that's where Joey's destined. Yeah. Oh. Future Rowers manager there. She's let Brad do his thing for us, will you? We don't want to <laughs> chase him off, yeah. Uh, we'll give Brad for five years and give him five, five, five in a row in Champions League. Yeah, so uh, that's Joey. And once again, uh, fantastic interview. He's a great lad. And the Monday, we beat Shelburne 2-0 in our last league game of the season at Talca Park and four changes to the starting 11. Uh, Cabinet O'Brien, Marshall and Green coming in for Lafferty Lopez, Finn and Williams. Um, we know that Ricardo Bonner from Shells <laughs> and this uh, certain individual decided to put his hands down. This is the same guy who, I think he nearly kneecapped Pico in Playmount Park and he was on a yellow card before, remember? Is this the man that's arguably a footballer? Yeah, arguably a footballer. I'd say, no offence to like bin men you got a bin man look about him certainly has the lunches of a bin man with the Ned Kelly on him but yeah, yeah now this fella's robbing robbing someone else's spot in the Shells team absolute thief of a footballer 
and he decided I don't think he clapped at all did he he was the only one that didn't clap yeah, as far as I could tell well, but he still stood there and he honoured it so thanks for that old Dan Bourne enjoy playing for uh, Wefta in the UCFL next season so yeah 22 minutes Jack Bourne 1-0 and this was the highlight of the night um, we'd held Gary Deegan and the first pass that came into Jack his first touch was I think it was his left foot straight through the legs of Gary Deegan Gary Deegan closed those legs please you're causing a scene and Jack was straight onto the ball and then I reckon Gary Deegan is still running right now I think he's still running around Talca Park trying to find Jack no Meg and a 30 yard run I'm buried and by the way apparently that goal was shy oh yeah it's terrible that goal was shy no. yep but I will say it was terrible defending from the defenders who are in front of Jack like why are they backing off you know what I mean you're backing off Jack Bourne here mate yeah. give him something to do but yeah absolutely superb goal and I love Jack giving it to Deegan after he scored oh it's brilliant because Deegan was just kicking him right up to that point a lot of kicking going on I think Shell's got 8 yellow cards on the night yeah. that's that's pretty much what you're looking at in um, the type of team that they are just kind of rough housers and that's all they kind of got up to was to kick and lump teams out and ultimately it failed them because they're now in the fourth division. Going into that game, you were thinking this could be tight because Shells needed the points. But then, they were nowhere, nowhere near us. Nowhere near us. They were terrible. They had absolutely little or no attacking threat whatsoever. Clipping balls into channels, knocking it down, trying to feed off scraps. is terrible. Um, And then we Aaron Green at 2-0 at 57 and Green are... Neat finish. Keeper possibly could have done better. Uh, ball swung in from the left-hand side. Good play. Good build-up play and a nice finish from Greener. By Cabo on yeah. the left, yeah. Great to see Cabo. This know. one particularly stuck out for me for, for Cabo because he was very uh, eager to get at defenders. Step-overs, mm. little turns, twists here and there. Nice balls in. So it's good to see him confident and back to himself again. I'd say it'd be hard to remember a time where we have so two excellent options at like left back or left wing back yeah like Lafferty and Cabo like you you, you, you give uh, Cabo the edge because we know I'd be, I'd be giving it to Cabo yeah. we know how good a player he is but Lafferty the form he was in until he got injured he got injured before the Milan game mm. do you remember the form he was in oh he was absolutely if he hadn't got injured there he would have kept his place did he score three in a row right through three I'd in say. a row maybe Bowes he scored against he scored against scored three goals in two games yeah it was yeah and he's actually uh, linked with Derry now because that's what we're hearing he could be heading home Devine has expressed interest because apparently we've not uh, talked to Lafferty about extending his contract so he's got options mm-hmm. okay well that's that's something that we can't really discuss um, we don't know what goes on in the, the inner workings of the club but uh, would you hold, would you like to hold on to him yeah but we are spoiled for choice in that position now because we've got uh, Ferrugia as well it's uh, it's obviously a right-sided player we'd be looking at for next season. Um, Sobawale maybe. Who else have we got? But Marshall looked very promising for me in the Shells game as well. So he was excellent. Against yeah, Shells, yeah. I thought he was he was very good. Showed and different it, aspects to his game. And it's hard to be critical of Marshall to say, uh, well, he's not starting, but he he's failed to dislodge our captain. That's the argument that was going on on Twitter. Um, yeah. I mean, how can you? How can you say, oh, he's he, he can't get in the team? He, he's got Finn, Ronan Finn, highly decorated captain of the club, slotting in at right full. Mm. 
Like it's it's a very hard thing to dislodge someone like that. Plus he has got a fair amount of game time. Probably the the five subs things helps. Like I think he's come on practically every game. Yeah. I think he started what was it two of the last three or something. So it's not like he's not been featuring. Yeah, no, he's done pretty well, and I I can't wait to see more of him next season. It depends on which way. Uh, I mean, let's say I don't know Jack heads off on his merry way. You could have Finn going back inside. Push someone up slightly, and then you have Reese coming in on the right hand side. So that's what potentially could happen. But we'd uh, our defenders, Bob. They were telling the forwards to stay forward, saying get another goal for fuck's sake, leave defending to us, which is nice to hear. I like that. Mm-hmm. That is pretty cool. That is a far cry from defending days. Oh my god, Jesus! And then we got Deegan getting sent off for five minutes ago for booting people and um, just booting people up and down the pitch all night. He chopped down Berkey. <laughs> And uh, what a stupid thing to do. Your captain getting a red card and missing the relegation playoff. Very possible he was suspended already, though. Yeah? Yeah, it's very possible he was suspended already and just saw red and saw, all right, fuck this. We're, we're on our way down here. That was just so stupid. Yeah, it was. It was very silly. But we brads are sent to the stands as well. I think you might have said something. Dan Bournes fell on Danny Lafferty in front of the Rovers dugout didn't go down too well and the Rovers bench reacted and Brads were showing the right card so I don't think it was for his actions I think it was for more what he said yeah sent to the stands anyway. but, but, uh, um, yeah he wasn't sent to the stands he was sent to the gate oh just yeah stood at the gate so he was on the pitch pretty much on the pitch but there was a gate like the Stadium, the <laughs> yellow ones that you open and get into he just opened yeah. that stood there <laughs> <laughs> do you ever see the clip of Wenger getting sent off at Old Trafford and he's just standing up in front of the United fans with his arms crossed. Oh yeah, they're all giving him. And he's like, he's just to the ref. He's like, what, what do you want me to do? <laughs> That's the best sending to a stands ever by a manager. But uh, I was watching the. Yeah, I didn't actually go to this one. Just the, the first Dublin game I missed this season. But uh, get out of club. Yeah. But uh, I was watching the stream on LOI Weekly, and I was, I was with somebody who had no interest in football, right? And I was trying to justify this stream I was like well it's just a stream it's not like Sky Sports so there's no replays of goals and I was like yeah but they'll, they'll have a little highlight reel at half time and they'll show clips didn't have that either I know it's that yeah no replays no replays of of goals at half time and Siobhan Madigan was she doing that game I'm not too sure no I think that was uh, that was something else but that is shy mm. I wonder why though. Now, the service why. itself is good. We can watch every game. I wonder but what the technology... This w- no replay yeah. thing is products. I agree with you. I wonder what that was about. I was actually waiting on a couple of replays as well. I think I was watching Shells and Longford and then I think I was watching Shells and someone else and there's no replays whatsoever. Yeah. Someone was saying the first vision stream is actually better than watch LOI. They were watching the... Was it the Galway-Longford one? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would have liked to think Galway got through on that one. Yeah. Yeah, so those brads are in the stands and then we let him McGrath Senior post on Facebook that he remembers crying on the talk of pitch after being relegated in 2005 and we're unbeaten champions there. So, uh, a great post by Eddie Senior. And great, great callback, yeah. Standout performances from the two games, Derry and Shelbourne. Prof. Um, For me, McAniff. McAniff has been a revelation, you could say. Great call from, from staff. He said, Two box-to-box 90-minute performances in 48 hours. Yep, with a little bit of a sherry in between for winning the league. <laughs> As you said, Marshall impressed again. And 
I really enjoy the understanding between Jack and Berkey. The way they time runs. Uh, uh, they had, well, Jack has it down to a T, doesn't he? Yeah. He just knows where to, how to pick people out. It just came off against, uh, was it the, was the second goal against Sligo? That, that outrageous pass. And I don't know if you... Pass the season. I don't know if you heard notice, but they had, the guy who was who was done for that ball, who Marky, who Berkey uh, slipped slip yeah. by, he was interviewed on, I think, I think it might have been LOI Weekly, and he was gassed. He said he's watched back the clip a hundred times to try and figure out what he could have done differently. Yeah. yeah. Nothing. No. Nothing. You don't, you don't defend those. So, yeah, um, we are officially invincible. And we are unbeaten yep. for some 93 years, Prof. Played 18, won 15, drew 3, scored 44, conceded 7, 13 clean sheets. That is officially invincible, Prof, and we are fine. We actually have two flags made already. We yeah, have, I saw those. <laughs> we have Stephen Bradley's Invincibles with an asterisk. And we have York Street Invincibles flag with the cartoon character asterisk. Yeah, asterisk the main man. Yeah, we actually played his team song on the show a couple of weeks ago. So Big Al... And he has had six in a row and six clean sheets. He kept ten in the last 11 league games of the season. And that is what we're talking about. As the goalkeeping crisis ripped through Rovers a couple of years ago with Tomer Hyland. Uh, who else? What other horror stories have we had? Jansen wasn't too much of a horror story. He went on to have a good career. He had a disastrous start. Yeah, and then he kind of got... He, did he not get young player of the season? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he grew and he grew. Rayad Peterson... Jeez, we've had some stinkers. He, he only played one game. Yeah, Kevin, Har- Kevin Horgan had a few clangers, but then he actually started doing well, and then he got injured at just the wrong time. Yeah, but if he had a neck, it might help. It would have helped things. It would have helped if he had a neck. <laughs> you know, neck me. But yeah, nice fella. Sixteen-year-old um, kept Big Al out of the team for three weeks. Yeah, and he is—he's not a—he's a man now. Have you seen him? Whatever they're feeding him. Over there, Gav. Gav, yeah, yeah. they are. Uh, they're looking after him, and he's playing every single game. He is officially, I think, the most played Irish goalkeeper in England, in the UK as as it stands now. He has the most minutes of any Irish goalkeeper, so he's officially the in form most played goalkeeper. So he should be mm. starting for Ireland realistically. He didn't play in the twenty ones game because he had a broken finger. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. yeah, he would have been a, a shoe in there. But so, uh, yeah, Big Al, the monster in goal. and uh, Yeah, he was ever-present again. So that's back-to-back ever-present seasons. As far as I know, uh, that's not been done since Terry Palmer. Jesus. In the early 2000s. It ju- he just doesn't fuck around. Doesn't. And he's presumably going to be ever-present now in all competitions. And also, I think Palmer is the last person to do that. I'll... Did it in every game in 2010 except for one that was in the Leinster Senior Cup. Excellent, excellent stuff out of Almanis again, and is a, a hero amongst men. We have Jack finished our top scorer on nine in all competitions. He and Borky had nine each, so uh, so no, Jack had nine in the league, nine in the league, and Borky okay, and okay. all competitions they had nine each. Yeah. What, what a season from Jack, or what a half a season, or. Asterix season or fucking incomplete season same bullshit that I'm getting out of everybody and one thing before we go on as well is that there was a great point made that whenever Dundalk got into your league stages and they were everybody was like full of praise they're great they're this they're that Rovers get three internationals into the Ireland squad and nobody bats an eyelid 
Nobody praises anyone. And that is the hatred that I hook to my veins every night. Yep. It is amazing. Where's all these people now who are giving out to us like, why aren't you cheering on Dundalk, the mm. Irish club in the mm. group stages? Why aren't you cheering on the Rovers players in yep. the Ireland team? Because the Rovers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, player of the year and young player of the year, Prof. Now, the player of the year, actually these are the two toughest decisions in years because they're, now, you could say the young player of the year, a lot of people I know want one particular player, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go my pick first. I'm going to go Pico Lopez. I think, as progression goes, there hasn't been anyone I've ever witnessed as a player get better as much as Pico has. He came to us as a central midfielder, defensive central midfielder slash centre half who didn't really know where he was going to be playing and bit jobs here and there. And then he has grown into the centre half who couldn't pass water, let's be honest, and couldn't mark his man. Do you remember that? And he made you nervous. Do you remember we always... The ball. Yeah, yeah, always. Do you remember we mentioned that though? We we picked him out every time. A lot of set pieces we were conceding from was Pico losing his man. Yeah. We we had like six in a season before and then look what he's done. He has totally and utterly transformed himself into a fantastic football in centre half who makes fantastic decisions and chips in with goals. He is my player this season. He's Unfortunately, a- Jack goal, scored the goals, did all that but I just think Jack's gone to, brought himself to another level. Pico's on another universe now. He's a commanding centre half. Now when he's in the ball, you you think right, he might charge out to the halfway line here and mm. and get us get us moving. Yeah, he, I mean the, the Pico two years ago probably would have fell over and broke his ankle <laughs> trying to run out with the ball. Like you say, don't underestimate the goals. He's got these aren't just like think about the goals, the important ones. These aren't just like three or four nil. Wins over Finn Harps. He's scoring like equalizers against Undock. He's scoring, he's scoring in Europe. Yeah. The salmon block against Undock <laughs> at the 3 2. Yeah. Like he's just popping up everywhere. The winner against Derry, am I right? Or was that the equalizer? The, uh, that was the equalizer, I think. I think he got the winner. He stabbed yeah. it home into the way end. I think it was. Oh, either way, he scored against Derry. And it was an important goal. And that's what you're looking at. So, unfortunately for Jack, as good as he was, I just think Pico deserves it a little bit more. And even saying that, that sounds like it's taking it away from Jack mm-hmm. with his call up and all, and Jack will probably get it. But for me, I just think that it's like watching our son grow. It's like taking the stabilizers off the bike, and he's gone. <laughs> you know, we've watched him from day one, from his Rovers career, and now look at him. Cody, what about you? Are you going to go, Pico? Cody's call was interesting this week. I don't know if you've heard it yet. but I didn't uh, get a chance. But the three of them were picking their uh, player of the season in, in the league overall. Okay. And all three of them had three different Rovers players. Go on, who had who? So one had Manus, one had Jack Who Byrne. had Manus? Uh, I can't remember which is which now, but uh, Cody had the strangest one. Well, no offence, Joey, but not the strangest one. But, you know, I'm like, it's kind of, it stood out. Like, so Cody said Joey O'Brien. Okay. I can I get Joe, where you're coming from. Joey's had an excellent season. Yeah. But... What I'm saying is, I imagine Cardi would be out on his own there as nominating Joey as the league player of the season. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can see why he did that. And yeah. Plus, he's the host of the show as well, so he possibly just wants to be a bit left field there <laughs> as well and have a talking point. Yeah. So that immediately, you, you hear that and you go, okay, well, let's discuss this because it's, it's a yeah. good point you can discuss. And like you said, no offence to Joey, but like the likes of Pico who 
has just transformed his career and his himself as a player and Jack who has hit another stratosphere and and like Joey who's just kept the consistency levels there. It's actually a very, very, very tough decision. But like I said, I go with Pico for my player of the year and their player of the year is for the for the league. Who else have we got? You said Pico, Joey and Jack um, and Alan. No, I'm Jack. Not. Uh no, they didn't say Pico. It right. was it was Alan Manis, Jack Byrne and, okay. and Joey O'Brien. So yeah, so tr- there you yeah. go. All rovers, all different talking points. And young player of the year, prof. I it's between Watts and Scales. Now Dean Williams had a good season as far as appearances and experience goes, but I think performance was. I think Watts um, had a very good season. People forget how good he was before the break. That that's my argument. Yeah, I that's think people have people have forgotten February and March. Watts was excellent. Absolutely superb. Got us off to a flying start against Dundalk. Was really, really good scoring before. Kicked off, well. scored in that game. Kicked yeah. off, scoring. Um, it was just one of those things. The break didn't really affect him, but he he was in and out of the team slightly. And I think he, when he whenever he played, he was brilliant. He wasn't him his shy, introvert itself. He has come out, and I think that says a lot about Brad's Aaron Cronin and the lads in the background team who have uh, really just brought him on. And that is one thing that we have to command or commend is that Brad's ability to bring a player out of their comfort zone as a as a person as well look at Pico look what he's done to him transformed him turned him into a leader although he was a leader already you could say he's made him even better Watts he's brought him out of his comfort zone Bork who was a bit of a wild boy when he came to us he's tamed him and turned him into a brilliant player Jack who wouldn't run in games before he came to us this fella won't run now he's doing 10k a game I've heard Brad just say that that some criticism levelled against Jack was that he doesn't run or he can't apparently run apparently when we signed him we were told he doesn't yeah. run it's like saying here there's a car it doesn't start like that's what you're looking at we transform these guys and that is what Bradzer can do he can put the arm around the shoulder to a little bollocks even and just say here let's work on this guy we know he's potentially he's a rough diamond and we can work on him and that's what Bradzer deserves a lot of credit for as well but as far as my yeah. selection it's between Scales and Watts Scales has been a fucking phenomenon. He is yeah. all action, all fucking kicking, all dancing, everything. He is brilliant. He has been absolutely brilliant. And a lot of people will say it's a shoe-in for scales for young player of the year. But I think as far as Watts goes, I think he I think I'm gonna pick Watts because I think it's his his personal improvements improvements on the pitch and off the pitch and mentality I think is what he deserves it. And that's not taking anything away from scales. But I think for a mental thing, for for what it would push him onto the next level as well for, as a mentality. And I think that's what he is. I think scales a little bit more grounded when it comes to his mentality. And if if Watts wins this, it could push him on. It could give him that confidence he needs to potentially, I know we have to talk about it, take over from Jack if Jack leaves. And Watts could slot into that role. And it's a mentality thing for me. But I think you're going to go with, uh, yeah, with scales here. It's certainly not a shoe-in. Like, what? what is a contender here? I but, know. But the reason I'm giving the scales is because every game he's played, he's been one of the best players, <laughs> if not the best player on the pitch. He's been unbelievable, hasn't he? So, for that reason, I'm going to go scales. And the senior player of the year, uh, that's not an easy one either. It's the toughest one in years. Because an invincible season where we won a league and possibly a cup. Man, the a player man, of the year. Man is Joey... Finner, Aaron Mack floating uh, under the radar, and Jack Byrne have all been have all been excellent. Yeah, but I'm gonna go Pigo. Greener, Greener's been brilliant. I'm Greener, yeah. <laughs> it's tough, isn't it? Just get yeah. them all a bag of jellies. 
Pico and Hume that. scales are one of my picks, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's that's our discussion. And send us in who you think. If you want to get in touch, maybe we should do a poll or do something. But we'll, uh, I was trying to get the prof to do the Tifties Player of the Year. We might bring that in next year and see what the real fans think. The real the real unofficial fans. Tifties listeners. The Tifties listeners year. player of the year, yeah. So Sligo are all but guaranteed Europe next season after their 2 0 win in Dundalk and uh Dundalk toured in Sligo Fort. So uh Bucco ended up coming good in the end. We thought they would go go down and despite losing half their games. Half their games, yeah. Crazy stuff. And Dundalk are just stinking at the minute. So it's good news for us. Um Filippo, keep him in. Long live Filippo. <laughs> yeah, see they're Appointing a new director of football. It's very interesting. And the front runner is none other than Jim Magill. Jim Magill, agent Jim, eh? Good man. <laughs> Get in there, Jimmy. Yeah. He'll I do mean, us a favour, hopefully. Did you see that stat? What was it? Uh, 13 points in Dock have got since the restart. Only Shells and Cork got fewer. Jesus, it's poor. It is poor. Right, if you ever get a chance and you're watching back on RT News or anything like that, or RT, the RT player watching the games, watch his warm ups. Watch Filippo's warm-ups. <laughs> Do you remember Tony Adams? Yeah. When he was doing a warm-up, I think he was somewhere in Burundi or he was coaching somewhere abroad and there's an infamous video of Tony Adams and he's going back and oh, forth. Oh, I remember this. And he's doing this. He's gone. You can't see me, obviously. But he's he's doing something <laughs> ridiculous. That is what he does. He has done it a couple of times. So check back on it. It's hilarious. Obviously worked in the summer camps. Yeah, the summer camps, yeah. So Pat Dolan as well wrote a great piece about the Rovers in a star and he rubbished the asterisk talk and Pat Dolan I like Pat he's some people don't like him I, I have a lot of time for Pat I think he's a I think he's a good League of Ireland man and well, well some people have been very flexible on their opinions on Stephen Bradley but one man who has championed him from the start in fairness is mm. Pat Dolan he is he from, certainly from has from day one so uh, he's, he's in the same boat as us and as the song goes we're just getting started. Oh, we want to double now, and then we there was talk of Brad's are leaving as well and potentially going somewhere else. But I think he's here for a legacy, and he wants to do a lot more before he ever even thinks of moving on. And uh, let's just move on quickly from that, and we won't discuss as, that too in depth. As our pal Barney recently described, Rovers uh, a rip roaring volcano that's only begun to erupt. Oh yes, love it, Barney. There's something in the air out there in Donna Bay, I tell you that much. Uh Tommy Garman, Ardell RT website. I think this is the one on top. I think I think this is the one. Refresh my memory, Prof. I think I read this. Is this talking about is he a Sligo He's fan? A Sligo yes, this fan. was excellent. The, we we've now love for Sligo on this show. No. But this is genuinely one of the best articles I've read in years. Absolutely superb. So fair play to him. It was a stunning article. And uh there was a quote in it. Saying, uh, in RTE's newsroom, Samantha Libreri uh, has a spring in her step these days. She and her dad are Shamrock Rovers diehards. In London, Sean Whelan leans that way too, can trace it back to the club's Milltown days. Damien O'Mara, despite his like a wife, is a Bowes fan. Tony O'Donoghue, a passionate Cork City supporter, is suffering these days because his club have been relegated. Uh, Sinead Hussey uh, follows Longford. Is that your browser? I don't know. Who's he? Who, let me see. H-U-S-S-E-Y. Yeah. Goddamn hussy. And Des Cahill carries a torch for Bray Wanderers. So the reason I read out that quote is because 
we just interviewed Samantha for the documentary on Sunday and we filmed it in Martin Stadium uh, Santry Zero as Robert's fans used to call it said she hadn't stepped foot in the place in 20 years oh wow that must yeah. have been a, a throwback was it yeah the last weather. time I was there was the 3-3 draw <laughs> in the torrential rain uh, I think Finn played for them I think Zaid played for them Conan Bourne played for them it was a great game 3 all Royce scored in the lashings of rain great game but uh, yeah the weather was miserable, so it kind of it was kind of appropriate for what we were talking about. Um, but yeah, we, we've put up some things on on Twitter in the last few days. Uh, hopefully, that McDerrick clip was uh, was able to whet the appetite. Oh, that whet my appetite! All right, prof, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I yeah. saw it. I thought to myself, I cannot wait for this. Wait for it. Oh that got a great reaction, and then then I started. It was like I was like, oh no, shit. I've jumped up too much interest oh, and this documentary no. we is need too, it. it's too far away we need a bit of needle in it as well we need to yeah. just pound the GAA and yeah. do whatever we can so we, we mentioned that we were going to launch a GoFundMe uh, that will be launched on Thursday and uh, open your wallets and your revolutes and yeah. start the prof out it's oh. going to be well worth it lads trust me because it's cost quite a few quid to get into those archives and RTE yeah, and it will does. be all worth it and um, listen, if even if it's just a personal point, each WhatsApp group put a fiver together and stick it in, you'll have a fantastic uh, documentary that will live forever. That footage will make a big difference. Like it, it takes it will take it up to another level. So hopefully, if you can, throw us a few quid. Yeah. So uh, we had yeah Tommy Garm, So fair play to him, and um, it's the only time we'll give a Sligo man a compliment. So the 2020 video, myself and Philip McGuire, we uh, got stuck in and our part was recorded here so I was annoying the prof trying to get it done. I think the third one took the most takes, I kept getting it wrong and I had there was a particular part I wanted to get right <laughs> and I was going for the whole uh, slow Dublin in the rare old times attempt <laughs> and um, I, thought, I thought it went down well, I did and even I had a proud moment myself and Jaden as you know my son he's getting into rovers and obviously things stopped and uh, he texts me saying that he thought it was brilliant and I just thought this this is fantastic like he, <laughs> it was a real proud moment and he said that that video was brilliant I watched it like 20 times and then he was talking about getting on the pitch at the cup final and he actually texts me when on like the anniversary of the cup final and he was like it's mad to think we won it a year ago and he's 11 so I was just thinking oh, it's just bubbling away there because as I think Ray yeah. Whelan said it he says it's easily forgotten for kids that age they could easily forget it so just a little hints here and there a little bit of info telling them I'm going down to record the podcast this person here's a bit of news yeah. any bit of news I'll just drop it on the bed I'll say Jane look yourself and Rob Lavelle lighting the flare when we won the league he'll always like, remember that Rob that Lavelle just happened to be walking by my yeah. house during lockdown. 100%. Happened to have a bag of flares on him, yeah. and we just lit them. And we just happened to win the league when he lit them. It was nuts. Yeah. It's funny how that worked. Yeah, <laughs> it was funny. But, uh, yeah, no. If, it's, if that video doesn't give you goosebumps, there's something wrong with you. It's, uh, it was absolutely superb. That video. I actually met uh, Philip at the, I think it was the the past game we won the league. He introduced himself, and. Uh, I had no idea what was coming. I had no idea the video he had produced. I was like, wow. It was kept under wraps, wasn't I, it? My jaw dropped. It was absolutely brilliant. And, and fair play to you, uh, 
Morgan Freeman there. <laughs> Morgan Freeman. <laughs> we have something. I have something planned. I'm going to rope Philip into it. As much as he says no, he's going to get roped into it. We have a little plan. Hopefully when things get back to normal next season, mm. we're going to have a little vlog slash video viral. I don't even know what to call it. It's it's going to be like a couple of little episodes of away days. We want to kind of entice more fans to get in and we'll have a, a little bit of bite in it as well, you know. Um, do you know what I want to try? I want to try. Do you ever see the shield, right? No, there's a, there's a, there's loads of these. Uh, you could say montages in the shield where every so often if they're doing a raid, they'll kick a door in. Yeah. But beforehand, they'll have like fill a load in a gun, and it's like, <laughs> and he's loading his gun. He's like, and he's like, yeah. And then another guy's putting on his stab vest, and he's like, and it's all little montages of them all getting ready. One's drinking a beer, so that's I was gonna kind of copy that. For the start of the vlog, and it's like me opening the can and going, <laughs> and someone else like in the jacks just going or pissing at the side <laughs> when we get off the bus, like little montages of everything. And Slow motion pissing. That's it. Tommy yeah. Kelly with a can of cores or a box of cores on his head. So it's it's something that's going to possibly in the works. I have to rope Philip into it, and when we do get back to normal, hopefully we can go ahead with it. Great crow from Paula Cleary about the video. Uh, she said. Brilliant and emotional. Well done, SRFC TV. Great production and scripting. Topped off by tales from the East End. Gary Parsons. Doubling in the rare old time style narration. Oh, what a what a compliment. Quality. What a compliment. And uh, yeah, listen, it was just it was brilliant. It's been in the in the in the works for weeks as well, and it was in the works before we had any silverware as well. Yeah. So it was it was very well done. So big shout out to Phil. And uh, thanks for even like, having me involved at all. So fair play to you. Uh, Finn Harps again. Our buddies, football friends. They have survived. And our chat with Bartley is coming up shortly. And Longford beat Galway 2-1 in the fourth division, unfortunately. The Culchy Bows, as they're known. And uh, they beat Shelbourne 1-0 in the final at Richmond Park. So Richmond Park was the scene of Shelbourne. Shelligated, as it's known. Shelligated. And uh, I'll, I've won one word for the performance from Shelbourne. Dog shit. Fuck me. Talk about a horrendous performance. And I'll give them props. The fans were actually deadly. The, I think it was the day before in training in Tolga. Mm-hmm. Oh, I saw that. That was class. That was deadly. Yeah. That was deadly. And then they go out and they do that. Absolute garbage. Garbage. And they should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah, Ollie Byrne was... Or Ollie Byrne. Uh, Stewie Byrne. And he's rolling anyway. Was uh, He was ripping into them on the podcast. They were terrible. You're saying a few of them are overweight and out of shape. They are. Damn boring the size of them. Yeah. Eats more chippers than me. Crazy. But um, that's an unbelievable collapse in three or four weeks. Like They were talking about Europe at one stage. Gary Deegan was cutting pro wrestling promos. (laughs) And now now they're they're in the first division. Some lawyer. (laughs) But yeah, that's the thing as well. Like They had this whole thing built up and hyped for them to stay in the Premier League and the Premier Division for a couple of years to come and it just fell flat on its face. Chairman's Um, gone and all. Chairman left before he got relegated as well. Uh, he had Oscar Brennan talking about his cup finals when he was with Bowes. Didn't show up to this one, did he? Nope. So, yeah, that's them down and dusted and gone. And I was hoping for a Galway away trip. But I actually like Longford. I spoke with uh, James Walsh and the infamous Wally from the SRFC fans. Uh, from the support. And he was, I was talking to him about it. And I like, I like Longford. Him, do you remember how he fell down a, fell a, ste- a flight of steps? I do, oh yeah. <laughs> And you were just chatting to like a guard for a while. Face force all the way down, boom, 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 straight into the guard, and the guard goes, Jesus, that looks sore. <laughs> yeah, it was. Thanks. 
But I like yeah. it. I like going down. I like the pose beforehand. Then you've got a bit of a trek on the way up with nothing in between. I like it. I think, uh, I think United Park though might be my most hated ground aside from the obvious Oriel but really it's just a shy feel oh United Park in Drive yeah. name somewhere you can stand on that ground I don't mind it I like the can, atmosphere in the shed the in the cow shed I don't mind it oh. I like the atmosphere it generates and we've good memories there as well we've a couple of good memories bar the obvious yeah. but um, you saw Craig Gilbert's debut that was a great memory yeah I remember I think I turned around here and goes looks alright <laughs> he actually had a good game that day um, yeah so that's them down gone dusted shellegated and no B team for us in the fourth division next season which is not confirmed like we have we is that official is our B no. team thing official and they said we're going to compete in the Lens of Senior League I can't imagine us making that that announcement or without being a big thing because they said we're going to compete in the Leicester Senior League so technically you can't just go into the Premier League in the Leicester Senior League don't you have to start at the bottom like every other team I think when Sheriff came over they started at the bottom any other team they started at the very bottom they worked their way up it takes you five, six years possibly to get into the top level so I'd, I'd take no notes of that whatsoever and we haven't heard anything from the likes of A.L. Price and like yeah, that yeah. So, I think it'll, it'll come down to the applications uh, like a few few teams have thrown their name in the hat like 3D United uh, so Yola <laughs> what's that about I don't know strange isn't it that's a, do you know what that is that reminds me of like uh, some sort of company that's running money through it that you'd find in Breaking Bad it's like a, it's like they're just running crack money through it that's their way of washing it <laughs> Wash. Yola FC so I think like if if two if two teams get accepted in the first division, or none, then there'll be a place for Rovers too. But I think the problem is, if only one get accepted, then we've got an even ten teams. But it's not Where unfortunate that though. Us? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not unfortunate though that we have to rely on someone else to get into the into the B can B team registered. Hmm. We have to rely on someone else, but therefore we can manipulate that, couldn't we? We could like get on some. We could we could have a word with like I don't know, Crumlin. Or whatever, some random team we could say, Do you want to join in? We could finance it. Or we could have a little agreement with another team and that way we'd have a B team, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that's going deep into the rabbit hole, so we'll get out of there. Um we'll talk about Jack Bourne, prof ten minutes on for Ireland against Wales and the fourth league of Ireland player to play a competitive game for this country since Pat Bourne thirty five years ago. And if I look behind you we are looking at Pat Bourne's last ever jersey that he wore Milltown if I'm right and it is an absolute cracker it's an Adidas with the old school originals crest or the with the badge and it's uh, that's quite quite the memorabilia there prof yeah it was um, who gives us uh, John Toll yeah, John Toll yeah. yeah so that is a great achievement Jack and once again Agent Jacko Hendrick yeah <sighs> this fella's a donkey isn't he he's yeah, a donkey yeah. Do you see him melting off stupid passes? Yeah, he walked off. It is, it was, that's funny. That's funny. You'd know all about that, wouldn't you? Yeah. Stupid passes. <laughs> Can piss off Hendrick. Been shy for Ireland for four seasons now. This is Jeff Hendrick, and you're listening to Tales from the East Stand. So now six games without a goal under Stephen Kenny, and uh, credit Paul McGrath for this one. Ireland got the Rovers, Kenny, not the Dundalk, Kenny. And I think when I think the first couple of defeats people are okay we've got to give him time now he's going to start having serious pressure on him now we know what it's like to give a manager time and to have pressure on you from the support but I think it's the FAI who are going to be pressuring him and if obviously I don't think they thought it'd be this bad why did we accept that 
England friendly. I don't no know. business playing them. Well, have you read Champagne Football? There's a, probably a couple of little uh, backhanders, or you wouldn't know what's going on still behind, started, yeah, behind the boards or behind the scenes. You know all sorts of dodgy transactions going on, so you would not know why they accepted it, or maybe they just thought themselves, "Let's go, let's 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 do it." It's a competitive fixture. Apparently, part of the reasoning was if we had won, it would have given us a boost in the, the coefficients or the rankings, or whatever. Maybe so, maybe so. And they took a chance there, but we have. We, uh, do you know what I'm interested in? I'm interested in the goal of the year for the for Ireland. How many do we have? Oh, we got two. Or is there two to choose from? We've more red cards than than goals. We did. Yeah, let's do that. Red card yeah. of the year. Yeah. Did you yeah. mention Jack though? I mean, he created more in those ten minutes than the previous eighty. Mm. It's crazy, yeah. He he likes to go forward. That's that's something mm. they don't like, isn't it? Even his dead ball prowess alone, it's he's priceless. It's such an asset to have, have for a team. Pitch. Yeah, such an asset to have for a team, and that type of like, it's just very frustrating. Top of Jack Ireland. So we'll uh, we'll move on to some other fantastic news, amazing news and withdrawals, positive test results, and this led to the call up of Borky and Makinev for Wednesday's game of Bulgaria and Borka two caps and Makinev's first call up. So the one thing I would I'm really happy with is that they were considered. Considering this, we should have got a list and see who's not been called up. Who else is around that could have been called up? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Like I I wouldn't be in tune enough with say the Championship or League One. To say like, hmm, interesting that he yeah. didn't get the call up first. But, but yeah, I totally agree with you with that. But I think because he's in form, because they're in having the seasons of their lives, they're in, they'd be in great condition now. They're probably at the peak of their, their careers, possibly. I think Kenny probably looked at that and says, okay, I'd rather have an inform Bork and an inform McInef than. Mm. the likes of I don't know whoever's not playing football in the in the Premier or like an Alan George. I don't think he's even in the squad, but an an, an aging Alan George who plays two games every six weeks. That's what you're looking at, and I think that's a big decision. A lot of this squad are not getting game time for the clubs. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. they're all all rusty. But the likes of let's let's discuss this this Ireland team. Now this is a valid discussion because there's no year gap. There's no there's no decade gap or anything like that. Our team would beat this Ireland team. Given how low the confidence is, especially at the moment, yeah, and given how Ireland cannot score for their lives, uh, I wouldn't disagree with that. We'd no. beat this team, yeah. That's one hundred percent beat this team. The IB would beat this team. Yeah, the IB. <laughs> but uh, did you hear McIniff was interesting? He only got international clearance two weeks ago. Is that what it was? Yeah. Because Jaden, I told you about this. Jaden runs into me. He's like, Dad, Dad, Dad. He's he's out of breath. He's like. McInef's in the Ireland squad. So is Bourke. I was like, yeah, it's great news. He goes, McInef's not Irish. How can he do that? <laughs> History lesson, son. Sit down there. Yeah. Let me tell you about the Good Friday Agreement, <laughs> yeah. son. Yeah. Hello, work. I won't be here for two days. <laughs> so, yeah, so... Um, well, actually, no. That's, that's, that's it. I like that. Nice and our staff. Provost has international clearance stats and everything. No, he was interviewed by the FBI. And that's Shut up, Prof. Take the staff. Take the staff. But uh, once again, Gar, everyone, you owe a great deal of gratitude to Crumlin. Yes, yes, you do. If it's Derry Barn, but if not for his dad from Crumlin. By way of the Crumlin Road, Would he opposite be the Ivy. So there you go, it drives in, or <laughs> climbs in again, Ivy Celtic, the Ivy Grounds. How did, did we know that Ivy Celtic would have a, a, a say in Mark and F's career? Well, I'm absolutely delighted for him, though. Yeah. 
the hotbed of talent, as we say. Um, Imagine yeah. how chuffed he is, right? Oh, think about it like he's just won the league, all right? Potentially about to win the cup, gets a call up. His his lovely fucking missus is is pregnant with his first child. He is on top of the world right now. So big shout out to McAleff. And like we said when we tweeted, he has upped his game, changed his way of style, his style and his way of play to adapt to what Bradzer wants. And he has done it to a plum. And he has been fantastic. So a big shout out to Adam Mac. And he is our uh, under underdog, but he's underappreciated. You could say underappreciated, but um, fantastic stuff from Adam McAleff. Really am happy from. And an actual collab as well. Not like in a 40-man squad. Yeah. And then he calls up the whole family and says, I'm called up. And then Martin O'Neill cuts him. I love how you hate oh, those. It's bollocks. It's bollocks, yeah. So, Pico Lopez as well. Another international. The Republic of Rovers once again. And uh, Pico Lopez was an unused sub for Cape Verde in two African Cup of Nations in the past week. So, both games with Rwanda finished nil. Nil. And are these competitive? They are, yeah. It's huge. This is the first competitive game that Pico was eligible for because... His paperwork wasn't complete last year. Neil oh, paperwork stats. Profit the international clearance Again, stats. I'm not taking credit for this. <laughs> Neil O'Reardon said on Twitter. But, um, yeah. Unfortunately, he couldn't get off the bench in both games. And he was injured the previous time. Remember, he didn't travel. Yes, yes, yes. That's what it was. I was looking at his uh, Instagram and he was in Rwanda and it looked stunning. Stunning stuff. So, like, think about that. Think about the year he's had. Probably going to get player of the year. Scoring in Europe. Winning the league. Possibly winning the cup. Having a brilliant do you, do you, season. Do you think he's going to get player there? I think the fans are going to go with Jack. Possibly. Look, I think I think he should get player of the year. So that's, we I, agree I, that he should win. Yeah, well Jack probably will get it. But let's say he's, he's in the running. He's had a fantastic yeah. season. And then he just finds himself in Rwanda. <laughs> playing for the Cape Verde Islands. As you do. As you do. A little bit of a uh, difference to his midweek anyway. Just a side note, actually, uh, the last time three League of Ireland players were in an Ireland squad at the same time was Pat Byrne, Peter Eccles and Liam O'Brien, all Rovers players against Uruguay in 1986. And I think Eccles came on his left full, didn't he? That's what Maloney was Some saying. Some of yeah. our, uh, our, our younger listeners might mm. know that one. Yeah, so yeah, great year for Pico, capped off with a, a lovely trip to Rwanda and I think he was in the Cape Verde Islands as well, so... Sounds quite cool, isn't it? Somewhere you can visit. So this year's annual general meeting of Shamrock Rovers Members Club will be held on Tuesday, December 29th at 7pm. So full of Christmas cheer and dinner and we will all head on to... And the members. The members, yes, all members. And that's another thing we're going to do. We want the membership to grow to 500. We want to keep going, keep flourishing, keep getting better, keep getting bigger. And uh, all the benefits are online. And you know the benefits by now. If you haven't heard the members corner, if you haven't heard us harp on about it, Membership is the way to go. It really is. And if you can afford it, of course. Yeah, I joined myself there in the summer and uh, no regrets whatsoever. It's changed his life uh, considerably. He's been... I mean, he's been... The look with the ladies is getting getting better. He's he's just all sorts, prof. Giant NH for that. Yeah. But uh, if you read the newsletter... Uh, if you read the newsletter, a total of four million euro has been pumped into the club since 2005, since the members takeover. There you go. You want to be part of that, lads? Get involved, and it is. It's a that's it's a badge of honor. That's it's a, it's a badge of honor, isn't it? 
And the Rovers Christmas shop prop is now open and I did a bit of shopping myself during the week and I think I went overboard. I think Jaden got a tracksuit. He got the new Champions jersey. He got the home jersey. I got... Check these ones out as well as they have the shorts. They have like the umbro going down the side and they have the hoodie to match it. It's one of the nicest sets I've seen from Rovers in a long time. They have the tracksuit as well. That's the one you want. And there's a black and a grey one. Very, very smart. Loving that one. So I went for that. It's coming in the next couple of days. Hopefully, me and Prof, we are on the case delivering all your parcels. And yeah, so check out the Rover Shop. Absolutely brilliant at the minute. Loads of good gear. The blackout gear is great. Some really nice stuff. And the new watches, Prof. That's the one. This the original. You already one. have the one. You you you're eyeing up a second now. I'm definitely getting the black one, the classy one. That's for when you're on dinner day. Uh, that black one now. The black watch is sexy. very very slick, isn't it? And it has the green second hand. So the second hand is green going around. Very 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 nice. Love that little detail, yeah. So uh, yeah, and then we have the raffle for the painting in aid of Peter House ends Wednesday midnight. So a three high quality prints are only ten euro on sale until Friday, and then it's done. And we've raised over a thousand quid so far. So fair play to everybody involved. It's been absolutely fantastic and it's a, a very, very, very uh, cool and um, what you, you could say uh, Andy Warhol style painting. One thing about these watches though, every time they come out, they always sell out by the time the podcast airs. So Like that. This has probably all been a waste of time again. Yeah, but, but there's ladies ones and yeah. there's kids ones now. Yeah. Kids are kind of like a Casio style, the ladies have a few diamonds as well so I, I think they will definitely sell out. And uh, Champions 2020 range is growing mugs, scarves, pennants, snoods. This hooded snood thing, right? Wait until you check it out. It's a helmet. It's like a, a leather helmet. I know, I was staring at it earlier. It's a, it's brilliant. I'm getting it for the bike because I'm cycling in and out. And I'm, when you stick it on your head, it covers everything by your eyes. So it's a leather helmet. That's what it is. I was trying to picture myself wearing it. Yeah, I was in, like, what, in what context like yeah. where you could wear it <laughs> I was just you get away with it yeah. now because of Covid but it's a leather helmet you put it on your head and it looks the biz it's a rover's crest on the front uh, definitely definitely a year ago you're a potential criminal now you're just like yeah oh, he's being safe that's grand yeah everyone walking in can you imagine the away trips next year when we get away <laughs> with wearing them poor offos those garages on the side of the high, of the motorway what the one them oh the Sligo one yeah <laughs> bottles oh, of those, wine everywhere those poor people yeah, so uh, that's the range, the Christmas range and all that coming up. So, uh, yeah, next up we have the interview with Bartley Ramsey. So we're joined by Finn Harp's fan and historian, Bartley Ramsey, making his second appearance on Tales from the East End. Harps have been relegated and promoted since that time here on the show and they've just pulled off the great escape in 2020. So congratulations, Bartley. After a mad Thanks, couple of weeks. Yeah. How, does that, how does that feel? Um, no, it's great. Um, you know, at the start of the season, we, we, we would have taken eighth place at a heartbeat. Um, we know we're not going to compete at the top end of the table with the budget that we have with the likes of Rovers and Dundalk and, and Bowes and that. So, um, you know, we're always going to be fighting for points at the bottom end of the table. And um, to be honest with you, the way the season has now turned out is just unbelievable the way it, it finished. It really was a great night. And you probably saw Shells, ultimately, they, they lost that playoff final to Longford on Sunday. Uh, they probably felt they were safe a few weeks back there, even talking about Europe. So, I mean, how good it must they be feeling right now? Oh, you wouldn't want to be in their shoes for all the tea in China. I mean, let's be honest. Um, I think they beat Sligo Rovers around the middle of October. 
And at that stage, they were within touching distance of Europe and they felt they were safe because there were a number of tweets by Shell's people saying, you know, oh, great, we're safe. You know, we've done enough to make ourselves safe. And for the way it's turned out, they've got into free fall while we were winning matches. And, and like we just kept winning and winning and winning. Um, bar, of course, the the little blip in Ball Buffet when uh, Shamrock Rovers came to town. Yeah, one defeat in the last eight games. Fantastic form at just the right time. And uh, Oddie Horgan did the rounds, didn't he, on the League of Ireland podcast the last week or so. Deservedly getting a lot of credit for the job he's done. But he said himself, like he admits that it's going to be hard for the club to really kick on and move further up the table without any investment and without something happening in the development of the of the new ground and of course throw in financial challenges from COVID. Oh yeah, I mean like financial investment is the biggest thing. Um while it would be lovely to go into a shiny new ground in um in Stranaller, um the reality of that happening in the next year or two I I really can't see it because we are dependent on grant money. We've been told for years that that money has been ring-fenced, but every time we try to move things forward, the money doesn't seem to be available at that time. Um, Ollie, look, Ollie's a realist. People laugh at Ollie and is, as they call it, self-depreciating with that, you know, harps are no good, we're second best to everybody. You know, we'd be lucky if we win this. Every team that we play is a serious team. Um, but but he's a realist too. I mean, he knows his football. And, you know, nobody would have seen us going to say Dundalk and getting a draw, playing bows and winning 2-0. OK, we might have fancied our chances against Pats. We'd already beaten them in the Cup this season. And also we had beaten Waterford earlier in the season. So, you know, but Bowes and Dundalk, they were, they were the big results. And they're ultimately, I think, what kept us up. So going back to last month, that night at Dalymount Park, where uh, in one swoop, Finn Harp simultaneously crowned Shamrock Rovers champions and relegated Cork City. As if the Rovers Harps friendship wasn't strong enough, you did us yet another favour, and you probably noticed a few extra donations when did the Harps lotto that weekend as well. Uh, probably <laughs> as a thank you. Yeah, no, I, I understand that a number of Rovers fans have bought uh, tickets in our new car draw. Um, as well to thank us for that but I mean purely unintentional we needed the three points ourselves <laughs> um, yes it was a nice little pat on the back for Rovers to say here you go there's the little shove you needed just to take the title a week earlier but um, no that, that was a super result that night we played Bohemians off the park um, my kind of gripe if you can have any gripe with that sort of display is why weren't we doing that earlier in the season We've now shown that we can play football and we have what it takes, you know, to to mix and match with the top sides. Maybe not every week, but certainly to pull off the odd good result against them. Mark Russell probably won't have to buy another point in Tata ever again after that one. But uh, a couple of ex-hoops as well had a hand in Harps staying up. Uh, we had Ryan Connolly with the winning penalty against St. Pat's and Dave Webster with an injury time clearance off the line against Waterford on the very last day. Amazing. You're never going to believe this. Dave Webster didn't even touch the ball. It rebounded off the post. There was a picture put up. We all thought at the time that Webster had cleared it off the line. But there was a picture put up afterwards by one of the ground staff to show the actual mud marks on the, um, the post. So it's no wonder that Webby looked very cool at the end when he was walking away because uh, it was... Um, 
Very forensic it investigation there. Sorry? Very forensic investigation. Oh, no, but sure, none of us knew. Like, I mean, we saw what had happened and, and the ball, but when you look at it again, the, the, the force with which the ball rebounded, it was fairly obviously didn't touch it. But I mean, yeah, look, you know, there, there's been a good mix of players down through the years, not just this season, that have come from, you know, played with Shamrock Rovers previous to this and um, done, you know, very well in, in Finn Park. And uh, I have to say, Dave Webster now has got the um, Dublin branch player of the season as well. We've all been hugely impressed by his attitude and uh, his um, his his resilience and, and, and kind of driving the team on as well, particularly, you know, when he is a Dubliner and is based in Dublin most of the week and really only gets to ball buffet, you know, for the odd training session and for the, the games then. It's obviously been a bizarre season because of COVID. Uh, I remember seeing you in Tala for the first game, first game back after the restart. So I presume you've been fortunate enough to get into uh, some of the games uh, like myself. But for most people, it's been really tough going having to stay away from the grounds this season, hasn't it? Oh, but even even for people like ourselves to, to get to the odd game, you know, it really isn't the same, Carl. Um, there's no crack in the ground you, you know the, the people that you would expect to see particularly because I get to a lot of away games the people that would normally travel to the away games are the people that I would look out for and you know haven't seen those um, strange atmospheres they're nearly like training matches you can hear everything that's said on the pitch um, but as you say you know look we've been fortunate and we've managed to get to a game or two I don't know how people are managing to survive. I mean, obviously, watch LOI has been a godsend in the sense that people can watch the games in real time and, in a sense, share in it. But it certainly doesn't compare to being in the grounds. There was one uh, good news story, though, and that was uh, Conan Burns' brilliant initiative. Uh, several Rovers players involved in that one, uh, calling up fans on the phone. And from the harp side of things, I know... Raf Kataro visited a, an elderly person who was living in isolation and it made their day, probably made their week. So that's great to see, isn't it? Oh, no, absolutely. It was a super initiative. And, and let's be honest, you know, in a sense, it was only common sense. People are missing the games. People are, you know, as you say, the elderly people have been, in a sense, cocooned, you know, from March onwards. And, um, you know, I'll give you an example of it in a kind of sense. I was talking to a friend of mine at the weekend whose father died over the lockdown and his mother is struggling big style because her neighbours and her friends that would normally call in and see her for a cup of tea or a chat or whatever else, you know, it's not possible under the COVID rules. And I mean, they're all elderly-ish people. So like that sort of thing, you know, the initiative that Conan does, that brings people back to life again. It makes people realise that, you know, they're not on their own, that they're not forgotten about. And, and you know, let's. I would love to see more of that sort of thing. So, Harps and Robbers, uh, we meet again at Baddy Buffet in the FAI Cup quarterfinal. So, does it kind of feel like the pressure is off for you guys now? It's almost like a free hit that you don't have to worry about playoffs and all that. Well, I, I don't know about whether it's a free hit or not. I mean... We felt that way about the game um, in, you know, on the 1st of November when, when you beat us 2-0. Um, like, no matter what we did, any sort of a result would have been a good one. Um, and I think 
more so now there's there's a bit of determination around the squad. I mean, we don't have to Ollie would normally not weaken the side but play some of the other guys maybe because we need a points in the battle for the league, so we'd be resting players or whatever else. But certainly I'd expect to see as full a strength harp side as possible. And it would nice to be to, to get a bit of a cup run. I mean obviously, you know, it's a daunting task. Rovers are the, the cup holders. They've just become league champions. Um, let's be honest, we, we're still we're still the underdogs in this one, Carl. No matter what way you put it. Well, you did get your first win over balls at Daddy Mount Park since 1999, so possibly symmetry there. Looking for your, might be holding out for your first FAI Cup final appearance since the same year. Oh, don't remind me. Um, that that. That that cup final still rankles with me. Um, that definitely was a cup final that we threw away. We should have beaten Bray that day. But look, we can dream at the moment. We can dream till Friday night. Friday night will tell the tale whether we'll be good enough. I mean, let's be honest. If we did manage to beat Rovers, we've got a Northwest Derby against Sligo or Derry City. There's no greater motivation for the for the team. Certainly, if supporters were allowed in, we'd all be buzzing. If we got through to the semi final. Um, I'd like to think Harps will give a good account of themselves. I'd like to think we could win it. But uh, obviously, as I said to you, it's going to be a very daunting task. To bring up the pitch, unfortunately, it might be something of a leveller, uh, given the state it was in the last time around. Like, I thought I was watching match of the day from the 1970s and that league game. Um, how do you see it going on Friday? And can you not um, cup holders? Well, I mean, like... <laughs> You know, some of our our best results this season were away to Dundalk on their all-weather pitch and away to Bohemians at Dalyman Park, which, you know, was a pristine surface on the night. Like, I don't know if our pitch is a great lever. Yeah, our players are used to it and will be well acquainted with the, 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 the way it is. But, I mean, look, the pitch is the pitch. It's the same for both sides. It's going to be extremely heavy. It's going to be a tough slog. Maybe it won't suit Rovers' style of football. Maybe it won't suit Harp's style of football. But, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, until we get to the new stadium with the river fin at one end of the pitch and any sort of heavy rainfall whatsoever, that pitch, is, it's been like that since I was a child. Um, you know, and, and it's really never going to change. So, like, for everybody, it's just a case of grinning and bearing it. I mean, it was nearly a miracle, the work that the boys put in between the Shamrock Rovers match and the Waterford match, that the Waterford match went ahead. Um, didn't stop us playing some good football, didn't stop Waterford playing some good football. But it is a heavy pitch and it will probably cut up. Um, not quite sure what way the weather's forecast for the, the end of the week in Donegal, but I mean, I know rain is forecast for most of the country anyway, so it'll be, it'll be a tough leveller. And finally, just a note on Jack Byrne. He uh, he's after getting his third cap for Ireland there, and his first under Stephen Kenny. Uh, Rovers fans, I mean, could be accused of being biased because we think he should start every game, uh, like because of his creativity. We've we've seen up close every week now for two seasons. So, where would you rate Jack amongst the great midfielders you've seen in the in your decades following the League of Ireland? And should Kenny make him uh, a regular now? Oh. Where would I rate Jack Byrne? That's a decent one. I mean, I can remember, you know, the great midfielders to me were people like Felix Healy, Paul Doolan, 
Pat Byrne, we had Jimmy McGrorty at Finn Harps. Um, you know, I, I, I've been going to League of Ireland football now, man and boy, for, for oh Jesus, over 40 years. You know, it's, I, I always think it's very hard to rate people from different generations. I mean, Jack is probably one of the most gifted players we have now. Paddy McCourt was a similar type player that, that we had a couple of seasons ago at Harps. And I mean, when, when Paddy used to get on the ball, you could nearly feel the intake of breath from everybody else to say, what's he going to pull out of the bag now? And I think Jack Byrne has the same effect on, on Rovers fans. Um, should he be starting every week uh, or every every single international for Ireland? I really honestly can't say. Um, we do lack creativity. Maybe if he got an extended run in the side that um, we would see... Well, we would certainly put an end to that argument, whether he would be up to the scratch or not up to scratch. Um, oh, I'm going to sit in the fence on that one. No matter what I'd say, I'd upset people. I mean, I do like watching Jack Byrne play. I do think he brings something extra to games. Um, you know, he, he is a class player. Um, I'm probably one of the, 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 the better players in the league at the current moment. Um, in the In the great pantheon in the sky of, of midfielders you know I, I would still think that, that there are people ahead of him but you know I don't watch him every week I don't see what he does every week um, I get the, the, the highlights obviously on Soccer Republic so um, I, I, I'd be loath to put him on any ranking scale I'll put it that way to you Karen I won't bother asking for a prediction because I remember on the last time I asked you for one you just outright refused so I think we'll leave it there and uh Thanks very much, Bertie, for your time. Uh, great talking to you. You're welcome, Carl. Thanks a million. Take care. Bye. All right, so that was Bertley and uh, the underdogs, as they are classing themselves as. This yeah. is a tough fixture, no matter what. I don't uh, care what anybody says. Yeah, I'm a bit weary of this one. 100% weary of this. It's a tough, tough fixture. It's always been. We never really win more than one or two nil up here. You know, it's it's a tough one. And we have to go up there and have our be on, like, I mean, be on point. And who are we missing? Tell me this. We're missing the boys. The game's Wednesday, yeah. Possibly, you know. You um, don't know who we're going to be missing. Hmm. We could get an injury. Hopefully not. Touch wood. Gary O'Neill should be back. He's yeah. been missing the last few weeks. So we'll go with starting 11s and predictions anyway. So, uh, yeah, here we go. Right, I'll let you lead this one, Prof. <laughs> it's a tough one, isn't it? You don't even know who's available. What do you think? Are the three Ireland players... Are they available? That's the thing, it's tough. We could probably skip that one and we can go with prediction, but then... I, do you know what? I think I think we'll concede. I yeah. think they'll take it to us. We'll both score in the first half. I think we might score late on and we'll take it, but they'll really take it to us and we'll be made work for a win and we'll get through to the to the quarter, to the semis. Yeah, I'm saying a tight win as well. Yeah. I'm saying 2-1. And then we'll all... Have a big bat together. The Harps, Rovers, love in like in they the, used to. In the mud bat, you mean? <laughs> like they used to in the 80s. Used to all get into the bat together. A little tiny bat, about six of them. So, yeah, I'm going for that. Uh, 2-1 I'll go for. And I'll go El Capitan, Ronan Finn, to win it for us. With a long range. Ronan Finn, of old, classic. So, I'm what's your prediction, Prof? Yeah, 2-1 I'm saying. I'm saying two McAniff cameos. Five minutes against Bulgaria. Comes on the last 15 minutes in Buddy Buffet. Scores. A belter. 
So five thirty kickoff, Finn Park, Finn Park on a Friday or is it a Wednesday? What do we say? It's Friday. Yeah. Friday. Oh man, we should be going to that. We should be there early. We should be in the Abbo at nine. Abbo seven a.m. Oh, Abbo at nine, leaving at half twelve. Straight up, stop off in fucking Monaghan. Banjo before Monaghan. Banjo well before Monaghan. Oh, the Karna Inn. It's just it's just heartbreaking. Going up there, being welcomed into the boozers up there. Oh. And it's hard to keep up with this cup schedule because how often has it changed? But what originally what was meant to be was the we we play Friday, the quarterfinal. The semi final was Monday. And the final was the following Monday. <sighs> Venue is still to be decided, but probably Tada. That's been changed again. Now the semi-final is on Sunday the 29th of November. And the final is on Sunday the 6th of December. Oh, Jesus Christ. That would be a cold one. Um, right, we're going to put the other quarterfinals, bruv. Sligo and Dirty. I'm going Sligo, straight off the bat. Yeah, I've got an interesting one here. and This, this goes against all logic. Because Derry have been so poor. The last couple of months. Yeah. So there's really no rhyme nor reason to this prediction. But for some reason, I think Derry are going to beat them. No. I don't think so. I think Sligo will beat them and I think Bowles will beat them, dog. Oh, Sligo should win this 3 0. No mm. bother. Is this but one of your I just prof think, predictions? Because if so, I'm going to put the I don't know. I just, I just think people are kind of assuming Sligo have already won this. People are talking about the Rovers versus Sligo True, in the yeah. final. Cup is the cup as well, isn't it? Yeah. We've seen some shocks already at Lone, yeah, yeah. Lone Hammer. Yeah, that was the beginning of the downfall. The beginning of the no. dog shit. So yeah, Bohemians Dundalk balls. Balls will beat them. Yeah. Yeah, I feel Dundalk uh, balls win here. And what does this say about this manager? If he if he loses this match. Like they got to the group stages, but if they lose this quarter final. They've had a shocking season. They fell into the group stages. Let's be honest. They fell into it. And if they lose this, then he's probably not won any real competitive games for them. As of yet. And he's been given the job. So roll on. 2021. That's what I say. I mean, Filippo's our man. But it's, it's like we said, it's a... Are you going... Did you say... Who are you going for? Dundalk or Bowles? Bowles. I'm going for Bowles as well. And I think... I'm going for a Rovers Bowles final. And in Tata because oh, you won't see the opinion yeah, exactly that's more the reason you want it <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah so it's been it's been emotional it's been an emotional season I haven't been to one game since lockdown Prof you've took in a, taken in most of them I, I think I made the conscious decision not to go and like I don't know maybe let someone else take a place a volunteer or something like that but it's just, it just, I don't know. People, Bar- Barkley said himself, it's not the same. Yeah, people might hammer me for this, but I just felt like it wasn't the same. And if I was to take someone else's place who had volunteered all all season, it wouldn't feel right. And there's more to it than that, of, of course. But it's just, it's been such an emotional and strange year. And I, like, like I said, it's, it's, it has to get better. It can only get better. And once we start getting the crowds back in, how mental is the first home and away game going to be when we get back on? I just cannot wait and that's the light at the end of the tunnel for a lot of people so um, that has been it for this season we will get to celebrate this league yeah Sunday. oh we we have plans we have all sorts of plans we have the venue booked and all just waiting for it to open just waiting for it to open so um, yeah it's been it for this season 
Um, Prof, when is our, our next one? We'll have one for the cup quarters. But we'll other re- than that, we'll reveal the semi final and the final, and that'll be the end of our regular episodes this season. And hopefully, we'll uh, we'll have something to celebrate. But that is it for this week. Um, still sponsored by Lotion Electrical <laughs> for all your uh, cream needs. <laughs> but that's that's been it. So thanks for listening. Um, we are the Invincible Champs, the A Team, the unbeaten uh, Asterix League winners. So that is it for this season and this episode. So thanks for listening and keep on hoping. See ya. chance at all, but they made him eat their words, they made them feel so small, when they come to Bally Buffet. Tin hearts, tin hearts, we're really on our way. Tin hearts, tin hearts, we're really here to stay. We're the team that's golden gold.